Welcome to another edition of Yuans. I'm Omar Moore. Halfway home for the Hornets and lots of Lancashire love. The last two weekends have been sparkling for the Golden Boys, and in Lancashire, both of those have meant wins for the Hornets, and now they're knocking on the playoff door at the halfway point. On this brand new edition of Well, what a fabulous two weeks if you're a Watford fan, especially if you're a Watford fan of this men's first team. And I am Omar saying hello to you and Merry Christmas to you for those of you who observe or celebrate it. And for those of you who don't, I hope you're having a merry day, whichever day you happen to be listening to this on. This is a Christmas edition of the Yuan's Watford FC podcast. We're talking about the last two Watford matches in both of those were in Lancashire, a place there, Watford, a part of the country of Watford, don't seem to have too much fortune winning. Now, listen, there have been times where Watford have won up in Lancashire. They did so against Blackburn Rovers, the opponent I will talk about in a few minutes. They did so in 2021. They did so against Everton up at up in Merseyside in Liverpool in 2021 as well. So listen, this is not like this doesn't happen. But it's very rare that Watford do win games up in Lancashire. But it was not rare these last couple of Saturdays because against Preston North End at Deepdale, Watford were run out with look run out successfully. It was just unreal. As early in the game as it was, Watford were down around 20-minute mark or 24-minute mark. But Watford then really did turn things around. They got a goal at halftime basically from Bio, scoring the first of two goals for him in that match against the Preston North End side, who were very tricky to deal with, a Preston North End side that Watford could not score against last season. In fact, they couldn't score against us either. Both games were nil-nil. But Watford... You could tell that Watford had a bit of something about them in the game against Preston. And it really was the key in that first half that was really down to, really was down to Ben Hamer. The Watford goalkeeper who really now has commanded that number one position in in goal and has now made that all his own with Daniel Batman now on the sidelines, watching from the sidelines. He's not injured. Um, ben Hamer has taken that role and taken it with relish and aplomb. And he now is your number one goalkeeper of the Watford men's first team. It's that simple. And it was Ben Hamer's exploits that kept Watford from going further down in the game against Preston. Preston North End should have been up three or four nil at half time. As it was, there was only 1-1 because it said Bio score, as I say, scored an equalizer right near the end of the first half. And Preston North End before then should have been up home and hose in the game. But Ben Hamer made some excellent saves to stabilize the game for Watford. That proved to be the most important factor in the whole contest was that first half. In fact, Watford fans voted Ben Hamer as the man of the match. And I can see why I thought that it would have been someone like Ishmael, Ishmael Kone. Some others said it was Kayembe. But most Watford fans who voted in the official Watford poll, Watford FC poll, had Ben Hamer and elected him, gave him the man of the match honours. 
Ben Hamer did make a very big difference in that first half. He really, really did. He's confident, authoritative. He definitely lets you know where he is in the box. He lets the players know around him. And I think that it was his um, his excellent point-blank saves in that first half that kept Watford um, in the game at 1-0 down until, of course, uh, stabilized the game for Watford until they grew into the game and started to play on their terms. And then they got the goal and it was 1-1 at the break. So Watford did their job. And look, the second half, it was all Watford. Watford went out and really destroyed Preston. Um, literally 12 seconds into the second half, great ball by Kone straight into the path of Martins, who finished with no problem at all, really clinical finish. And where the first half was a case of poor end product for Watford for in some of the instances, the second half was anything but. It was a complete 180 as Watford just seemed to score every time they had the ball. Let's be fair. They should have had more than the five goals they ended up scoring in total. But Watford just absolutely ran riot against Preston, who then for the first time with that Martins goal trailed in the game. And they never really recovered. I think that goal was so crucial and when it came because the pass from Kone as I said was scintillating in the game was right on through the defense and straight on to Martins who was in on one in one-on-one and that again was literally 12 seconds into this half and that really was a critical blow to Preston who looked shell-shocked after that and then the goals came like buses do when you've been waiting for a bus for 25 minutes half an hour plus and then all of a sudden the buses come one, two, three in succession, in quick succession. And that's what happened with these goals. Kayembe got on the score sheet. Bio scored again. You also had uh, Kone scoring. I mean, it, it was it was just absolutely fantastic to see. Four second half Watford goals killed off the game. Watford dominated the game. And though Preston did have a chance here and there, um, Watford's defending got better as the game went on because the first half was not a good clinic on defense. And um, Watford need to tighten up their defense in these situations. But then um, the bottom line is that Watford uh, saw out the game well, managed the game well, and really uh, destroyed Preston in their building. I mean, simple as that. Watford got a big boost out of that. Good teamwork, good cohesion, good confidence, and consistency and identity being built by Val. And you can see the spirit in which these lads are playing. They believe in each other. They believe in themselves. And they believe that the game is never over. That's what this is all about now. And when you've got that mentality on your team, you're going to win more games than you're going to lose. Even if you end up trailing the first 20 minutes of the game or the first however minutes. But that really was a sensational away performance. It's not the first time Watford has scored five goals away from home. As I've alluded to, they did it against Everton in that 5-2 victory in the Premier League back in 2021. They scored five away from home. Of course, if you remember this, scored five away from home in sensational style against Cardiff back in the Premier League several years ago. Um, back into maybe it was maybe it was in 2019 I think it was when Watford scored five uh, Troy Deeney had I think a hat trick and I think uh, you know Gerard Delafeo had a hat trick and Troy Deeney had uh, two goals I think that's what the outcome was there five one scoreline there um, but Watford has scored five away from home before we, we saw this against Fulham years ago at Craven Cottage Watford scored five there um, that time, Alman Abdi scored. I think Troy Deeney scored. A few others scored. So Watford have scored five goals on the road years and years ago, decades ago, 
at White Hart Lane. They scored five against Spurs in a 5-1 victory there. That was a famous win for Watford back in the old Division 1. So look, Watford are no stranger to scoring five goals away from home. Um, it was just great to see that continue. And with Preston, a team that is very difficult to break down, particularly at home and very difficult to play against at times, it was really great to see the spirit of these lads and to see that kind of five-star display from Watford. And they did get the job done and they got it right. And they got three priceless points in Lancashire. And definitely, uh, I thought, uh, at least for now, have put to bed this uh, kind of hoodoo the Northwest seems to have on Watford. The Watford could not win in Lancashire last season. The best as I could tell, they got draws against Preston. They they lost to Blackburn Rovers, and um, they struggled uh, in Lancashire. But the bottom line is, is that this season it's been a little bit different there because Watford got three important points at Preston and started to move their way into the top ten of the table. When I come back, I'm going to talk about this second game. Oh, what a sensational result this was as well. Watford at Blackburn and how Watford made Blackburn pay late for not doing what Blackburn should have done earlier in the game, which is score more than once. Watford did that and boy, did they do it right. I'll be talking about that right after this. Welcome back to a brand new edition of Yuans. I'm Omar Moore. Halfway home for the Hornets and lots of Lancashire love. Watford have hit the halfway point in the championship season for 2023-24. And it has been quite a season. I'll be talking about that in a few minutes time. But I want to finish off the second of what is a double header, a double dip in Lancashire the last couple of weeks for the Hornets. Your Golden Boys ended up winning at Preston in emphatic style, five goals to one, the five-star salute against Preston at Deepdale. And then they went up to Ewood Park this past Saturday looking to win there. Now, look, the last time they did win there was in 2021. That was the year Watford got promoted to the Premier League. João Pedro in a game that Watford won 3-1 against a very, very quiet Ewood Park because that was during the pandemic and there were not any fans in the building. It was a rainy night there uh, in the middle of the weekend, middle of the week. Jan Petra scored a really good goal in that game too. Uh, He scored a couple of goals in that game, if if I may recall. And Watford won 3-1. Watford did not win their last season and Blackburn Rovers beat Watford at uh, Vicarage Road this season as well. So you have Blackburn dominating the last few times since that 2-3-1 defeat at Ewood Park before. Blackburn winning at the Vic, getting a 1-1 draw last season at the Vic, and also then winning away from home, winning at Ewood Park, I should say, in a two goals to nil situation last season as well. So Blackburn were getting the rub of the green, not to mention, as I said, they won at the Vic 1-0 this season too. So, you know, Blackburn were having their way a little bit the last three games or so with Watford. And Watford were looking to end that and also build on what they did against Preston North End. And Watford did not go about it the right way, at least to start with, as before you really got to get in your seat and sit down, it was already Blackburn won Watford nil, just two and a half minutes, two minutes and eight seconds or two minutes and seven seconds in to the match. Watford started the match in the worst possible way. The defending was poor and 
before you blinked your eye, Blackburn Rovers are up 1-0, literally. Two minutes in, it was not a two minutes and seven seconds to be precise. It was not the start that Watford wanted, obviously. And Valerian Ishmael was very upset with them, apparently, at half time, as Watford did not equip themselves very well at all in that first half. Looked very, very out of sync. The defense was poor. Watford did show you one or two things, but the end product was letting them down in the game. And then in the second half, Watford, I think, began to grow into this game. And the key at the second half was the substitutions, because after the rollicking that these players apparently got, if you listen to Reese Healy anyway, um, Watford sprung to life. Reese Healy jumped in there and he got in, he got involved eventually. Um, but it was the likes of uh, Yasser Espria. Very, very key in this game. He got subbed in and all the energy seemed to emanate from him and infuse and inject the team with a new life. Uh, with some, with a bit more poise, a bit more focus and a little more desire and determination. And everybody seemed to follow suit as the team looked a different outfit, despite the fact that Blackburn Rovers still had a load of chances and Ben Hamer had to make some big saves in both of these halves to preserve where the score was at the time he made the saves. Um, because, look, the bottom line is Blackburn should have had more than the one goal they had. They had opportunity after opportunity. But you know what happens in football. If you do not punish your opponent when you have a chance, they will punish you. And that's what happened with Watford. And the longer the game um, went 1-0, you felt that Watford were going to begin to get a sniff. They had some chances. Then they got more promising chances as the second half progressed. And lo and behold, in the 83rd minute, it was a goal from Rajevic. Rajevic scoring um, a goal, his eighth of the season now for Watford. And it was from close range, fairly close range. Shot from Espria, came back, uh, cannon back to uh, Rajevic, if I remember correctly. Rajevic basically stabbed the ball home from about four yards out, slid the ball through, uh, through the, into the back of the net. And that was one goal each. Now, that goal did a lot for Watford and it really did put Blackburn on their heels and literally Blackburn was still trying to process that goal being conceded and at that point, the 87th minute came along and Watford said, we're going to take care of things from here, Blackburn, and they scored a second goal. This one, a much uh, like the first, a bit scrappy more than that as Reese Healy, who came on as a sub, as I mentioned, bundled the ball over the line into the back of the net. And that was 2-1 for Watford and three points for Watford and another Lancashire victory for Watford in consecutive weeks. And they ended up moving up the table to seventh here now. So Watford getting a massive, massive victory at Blackburn Rovers, having trailed in the game. And what that does, again, for the second consecutive week, it gives you mentality, it gives you belief, it gives you confidence to know that even if you are trailing 1-0, and even if you're trailing 1-0 late, as they were against Southampton a few weeks ago, you never believe you're out of a game. And these lads never believe that they're out of a game now. They don't hang their heads they don't not they don't feel sorry for themselves. They continue to push forward. And you saw that in the game against Blackburn Rovers. You saw that against Southampton. You saw that against Norwich. You saw that against Preston North End. And so Watford never believed the game is up until and unless the whistle blows at the very end. So this was a very impressive win because Watford, you know, not as impressive as Preston, obviously in the number of goals, but impressive because Watford didn't play particularly well in the game. 
You know, Watford really did not play well. They looked very indifferent in that first half. They lacked intensity, especially defensively. On the defensive end, they lacked a lot of intensity, Watford. They looked lifeless. They did not look like they had a focus or a plan. And that's why Val got, a, got on their case at half time because he saw what a number of us saw, which was a very disinterested, largely disinterested Watford side who really did not put any end product together. So that changed in the game, as I said, with the substitution. I think that was also the biggest moment of the game when the subs came in and how that had an effect on the team, needed a bit more quality, a bit more life. And I think that those subs, yes, a spirit chief among them, really did give the energy that was needed to get this Watford team going, this men's first team going. And Yasser Espria played a part in, in, in the Rajevic goal. So much so that I thought he had actually scored it. You know, I was watching this game on location in New York, heading to Madison Square Garden, and my video feed cut out. Must have been a Wi-Fi issue. Then, um, I, before it cut out, I had seen that, uh, that uh, Aspria had shot the ball at the goal. And I thought, well... You know, that's got a good chance of going in. And then when the feed cut, I, you know, the next time I was able to get the feed, all I saw when, as I was heading into the garden, Madison Square Garden, was I, all I saw were players hugging Espria, at least around Espria. Ryevich was as well. So I thought that Espria had scored the goal. And I went on the uh, post-match on social media, Ewan's post-match, talking about Espria scoring a goal. And, and nobody corrected me. <laughs> But but I proved, I, it turned out I was wrong. Espria didn't score. I thought he had because, you know, the video feed that I had cut out and I see everyone kind of around Espria. I thought Espria scored. I didn't know it was Ryevich. So there we go. I didn't see actually when Ryevich tapped the ball in. So anyway, the bottom line is I've seen the replays now and he kind of fires it in from about, I think, five or six yards out. But the bottom line is, is that whoever scored the goal, it was Ryevich in this case, Watford had an important goal to hold on to, leveled up things at 1-1. And then within, as I said, four minutes, they made it, they made it 2-1 and doubled their goal scoring output and ended up going up 2-1. And that would be the final score as Reese Healy bundled the ball over the net. Another late goal from Reese Healy as he's done. He's been very important for Watford with these late, late goals. The bottom line is that Watford now have won back-to-back away games. In fact, they've won three consecutive away games, and they are flying right now, flying. They do not want to see any winter breaks or any Christmas breaks at all, although, of course, they will play against Bristol City on Tuesday on Boxing Day. But Watford now, this men's first team, are a cohesive unit. They may not have played very well in that first half and were largely out, outfoxed and outpointed by Blackburn in this game. Um, but they did do what counted more than anything else, which is to get goals. And that's what they did. And Blackburn could not. Blackburn had a load of chances in this game. And had they taken any number of them, this game could have been well out of sight. Um, before the game was over, but they didn't. And I think that's part of the reason why Blackburn is sitting here now looking at a 2-1 defeat rather than getting all three points themselves. But Watford took the bull by the horns and they really did conjure up something really good out of a really, I think, lackluster performance generally 
But you saw how much of an improved performance it was in the second half. And by the time you looked around, the game was over and Watford ended up winning. So it was a fantastic victory for Watford, considering they didn't play all that well. And considering now they're up in seventh place and they are continuing to find their rhythm and their groove under this new manager who has planted within them a new identity and a sense of purpose. And you're seeing it now. And I'll be talking a bit more about purpose and be talking about some of the players who I think now at this halfway point need to be uh, talked about in a positive way. That and more coming up after this next pause from Yawns. Ben, congratulations. Another away win. How do you feel? Yeah, really, really, really good, actually, mate. Yeah, we was, uh, we was buzzing because, obviously, first half, we've, we've come in at half-time. We got got, got right there. Uh right pace there from the gaffer he wasn't happy with our performance at all in the start and we weren't either on the pitch it just wasn't wasn't clicking they were running running riot and uh seemed like we were pending our box for most most periods of the first half and obviously it, with their first action they they score a goal uh, you know that's old man's up as well as i was partly to blame for that uh i've um i just thought it was impossible for him to score from that angle and you know the way he shaped up i thought he was going to cut cut the ball back and you know i've committed to Carndall sin and, and gambled and uh, he's done me at the near post which was obviously really disappointing but obviously yeah you have to then stay in the game and uh come in at half time and try and regroup as best you can and then obviously yeah, we came up in the second half it was still, still a tough game they still had they, they still had periods where they had uh, opportunities and uh but then, yeah, I think we showed, showed our fighting spirit. I mean, Reece Ely's come on and he was brilliant, mate, when he come on. He's won three like, headers that he wasn't entitled to win in the middle of the park. And obviously we broke from that and we've, we've scored the goal. And then, you know, just just rewards for him as well, getting the winner, which we, we was all really happy about. You could see all the lads were buzzing for him. So, uh, you know, that was great to see. You've mentioned their goal, but you made some top saves in the second half, particularly from the free kick and the one at the corner as well. How do you feel about that? And, and yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, that's, that's my job. I've got, that's what I've got to do. Um, but obviously, yeah, the, the overriding feeling for me was the disappointment of the first goal because we obviously want to keep clean sheets. And you know, that was that was obviously another a clean sheet lost in, in the second minute of the game, which is obviously really disappointing. But obviously, like I said, you've got, you've got to show a bit of uh, the proverbial balls in the second half and uh, just stay in the game as long as you can. You know, if they get the opportunity, we just got to keep the ball out of the net. And uh, you know, it proved proved right in the end. We got we got the uh, we got the three points, and it was uh, you know brilliant team effort, great mentality to. to stay in the game and we'll go on and win it second half you had the, the way fans right behind you mm. quite literally mm. could you hear that that full support yeah they're unbelievable they were brilliant they were brilliant away at Preston as well big big uh, big following and uh, they got behind us and uh, yeah now they've been brilliant in all the away trips especially at home as well I've got to say um, you know we, we're going to need them as well you know the next two home games to get get right behind us and uh, you know we all love it when they make that effort to travel up, up all, this, all this way up to Blackburn four hour or eight hour round trip if you want to put it that way and uh, you know and then give them that result at the end you could see that they were all buzzing as well so you know it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a great collective work I think us and uh, us and the supporters it looked like you enjoyed the full time celebration yeah I think it's always it's always nice when you get a late winner isn't it and uh, you know we just we kept pressing, we kept pressing. We took the shots on, and uh, you know luckily a couple bounced out for us nicely, and we got we got the tapping. So uh, yeah, now brilliant. It was br- brilliant to share that emotion with with everyone that came up today. As you've said, two big home games up next. What can you build on from this, and does that give you a lot of momentum going into those? Yeah, games? I mean obviously next the next three or four games. I think it's ten days, isn't it? So uh, we got we got a big uh, yeah big ask uh, from the lads, but obviously we'll get back now. We'll recover. Uh, we're in tomorrow morning, and uh, you know try and get everyone right, and then obviously Christmas Day um, probably go in. 
in and do a little bit on the Bristol City game and then uh, yeah we've got to just keep keep plugging away but obviously we've got to improve on the first half performance and show a bit more of the, of the second half today like we did at Preston as well so you know we've we've been great in the second half so uh, I think uh, that's that's something we need to work on just starting the game a little bit better great stuff Thank cheers you. lads and there we go that was Ben Hamer and his response after what we saw, um, brilliant stuff from Watford. And Ben Hamer, the reason I play that clip, and I want to thank Watford FC and their social media channel for providing that audio, is because Ben Hamer is one of the players I want to focus on and this Watford team as we are now at the halfway point. Watford, after 23 games in seventh place with 34 points, they've got nine wins, seven draws and seven defeats. Among those defeats, I want to go to those defeats. Among them were losses to Leicester City and Ipswich, both of whom are sitting pretty at one and two respectively in the championship and looking like they're both going to go up automatically. And um, look, the bottom line is is that Watford, I think, have done a good job here. Um, and I'll get to that in a few moments. But I have to say that Ben Hamer, one of the players I want to focus on, among a few others, is from Watford, is the men's team, is Ben Hamer, who had discipline issues this season. He was disciplined by the club, by Val Ishmael, I should say specifically, for not showing up on time to either a meeting or to training. And I think that after that, Ben Hamer has really taken it upon himself to be a model professional and to put the club and put the team first and start to really accelerate that kind of mission in service of a greater good for his team and for the club. And I think you can clearly see that. There needed to be that spark for Ben Hamer. Ben Hamer was a veteran, is a veteran goalkeeper on the outside looking in. He's somebody who I think had only appeared three times for Watford before this season. Maybe two, two or three times before um, this season. He had appeared in a Watford shirt ever in his career. And for him to now be the number one goalkeeper at this club is a lesson in persistence and in doing a complete 180 turning around and saying to yourself now am I going to stand up and be counted or am I going to just drift and we've got some players at Watford at the moment one of them at least I don't even want to mention his name but you know who I'm talking about who has decided to drift for whatever reason it seems that's where he's going it's somebody who um I thought was someone who was a model professional, but clearly is not. Clearly is in the doghouse, if you will, in the doghouse of Val. Val's doghouse. Um, and that player is not seeming to learn the lessons of, uh, of, um, of his own issues with discipline. He's not learning those. But Ben Hamer clearly has done. It was only one. It was once with Ben Hamer. So, you know, it's not like he had this happen to him repeatedly. But that doesn't matter. The fact is, is that he had discipline issues. He was disciplined by Val Ishmael earlier this season. And now what he's done, he's waited for his chance. He's on the outside looking and he waited for his chance. There's the chance. Daniel Batman gets suspended and voila, three-match ban. 
He because he got a straight red card. You may remember that now from several weeks ago, and that was Ben Hamer's opportunity to get in there and step up and show the world what he could do. Now, Watford fans had a small sample size from Ben Hamer because, as I said, he did not get a whole lot of appearances to play for Watford, but now he's going to get a lot of them because he has been remarkable. He has. He saved the penalty in one of these games, the one against Hull City, and Watford ended up winning that game. He's become a leader now. You see this professionalism in him. Uh, you heard his comments there. He spoke very sensibly about the game itself against Blackburn. And look, Ben Heyman now is your number one goalkeeper. Now, I know there'll be Watford fans that say, well, neither of them are that good. Well, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not true. But the fact is, you've got a goalkeeper now who at least, I think, commands a bit more authority and respect um, in the way of how teammates relate to him. And I'm not saying they don't like Daniel Batman. Daniel Batman seems to be a very decent human being. Um, but it's all about how people respond on the pitch. It doesn't matter how nice or decent a human being you are. If you're not registering on the pitch with your identity there and your your game plan and, and what you do, it doesn't matter whether you're a nice person or not because you're not brought into a club to be a nice person on the pitch. You're brought in to do what the manager wants and execute it the way that manager wants it. And also to keep your head and not do anything that's silly. Now, the bottom line is, is that Ben Hamer is someone who I think has really grown up a lot over these last few months. And especially when this suspension for Daniel Batman came down, he took it upon himself. Clearly to me, I can see he took it upon himself to be a better person and a better professional. And you've seen it now in these games, as I said, the way he's talking about these games. And as a result, now he has got that number one shirt to stay. Wes Hood is the captain. There's no way that's going to be returned to Daniel Batman now. And I think Daniel Batman now is, is going to have an extended spell on the sidelines, except for the FA Cup. When the FA Cup gets gets here in a couple of weeks' time, um, he will end up be playing between the sticks there. But Ben Hamer, who for years, for several months, for months and months on end, was the person looking on the outside, on the outside looking in, is is now in the driver's seat, in the catbird seat, and he just has to continue to put the performances together as he's done. And he will have that shirt uh, for the rest of the season, which I think he's going to have. By the way, I should point out also other players that I think need to be given honorable mentions at this time at the halfway mark. The likes of Yasser Espria particularly, I think he has really matured himself. He has become a very reliable, dependable player. He gives 110% every game. He may not score every game, but he's got four or five goals this season. And the goals he scored have all meant something in these games. He got the game winner against Sheffield Wednesday a few month, about a month or so ago, whenever it was. He got a very important assist in the goal uh, for Ryevich. He scored goals in other games that have been meaningful. He scored against Ipswich. I think it was his goal there, despite the fact that Ipswich would again go on and win the game. But the point is, Aspria now is someone who's got a, le a leadership um, leadership pedigree. He's got great footballing IQ. He's someone, I think, who is really good about how he gets around the box, gets around the areas. He always finds space. Yasser Espria has been terrific this season, and this is a breakout season for him, clearly. So I, I think he has been spectacular. I also think another player you've got to mention is Kone. Kone's growth as well has been legendary, and Kone is really a disciplined player. 
and someone who runs that midfield very well, along with Kayembe, who I will also add to this mix. Kayembe has grown as well in leaps and bounds under Valishmal. And when you have all these improvements, it really is down to the manager who is making the team better. The manager is taking a group of players who, again, in a thin squad, who don't have necessarily all the talent that you would like, but he is absolutely maximizing what he can out of the talent that they do have. And I I think it's just been that extraordinary um, what he's done here in the first 23 games, considering the up and down, the roller coaster ride that we were on the first 10 or so games. I think Watford now have really turned things around and who knows where it will lead them. Uh, who knows? I don't want to start predicting anything here yet now, but 23 games in is really, really good. And definitely bodes well, I think, if Watford keep this going. So those are some of the players I wanted to mention. Obviously, there are other ones like Martins. Ken Semmer, particularly, is another. I think had another tremendous first half of the season. Uh, Semmer, who had been out through injury, um, came in and really had a couple of man of the match performances. And I think he's gone from strength to strength there. He has been a very dangerous player on that left wing in the forward three. Um, I like what he brings, and I think he's been electrifying at a lot of times this season. And he can roam a bit as well in, in, in the plays as well. So this is really um, how Watford are at the minute. This men's first team, I think, have, have really grown up and matured and developed an identity and a purpose about themselves. And they're looking good right now. Right now, they're in a groove. They're in the rhythm. They've got consistency. Now, they need to play better than they did in the first half against Blackburn. But the bottom line is they are applying themselves to each of these games and applying themselves uh, with the task at hand and, and very focused on it. So those are just some of the players I've mentioned who I think need to get mentioned verbally. Wes Hook would be another, actually, because I think he also, despite the fact that he did make the mistake against Ipswich, he's won your games as well, and he's rescued you from losing games. So, look, I mean, it's not the end, um, I think, of the planet that Wes Hook makes a mistake. You would rather him not make a mistake in that situation, but everybody makes mistakes, and sometimes they do come at inopportune times. And so we'll see how... Um, Wes Hoof goes from here, but I think he's had a very good first half of the season as well. And so really, those are the kinds of players I want to single out at the minute as far as Watford are concerned. And Val Ishmael can be looked at, I think, as a manager of the year candidate in the EFL. I thought he was very, very good. His way has worked with Watford. His way has certainly worked with Watford so far. And uh, definitely the results of recent weeks and months say that is the case. Um, now, people might choose to differ there on that. But the bottom line is, is that Watford now are, I think, a more compact and cohesive unit than they were at the beginning. And they've got a sense of um, knowing what their role is. So really, those are really important things. And you cannot complain about that. Watford halfway home now. Uh, are the Hornets, and they look really good indeed. And certainly, I think um, there's a lot more to look forward to. But of course, it's getting through these games, and the next one, of course, is against um, the likes of Stoke. Excuse me, let me let me get that correct. Stoke City is Friday. The next game is against Bristol Rovers. Bristol City, and of course, that's the game coming up on Tuesday. When I come back, a couple of other notes to pass along on this brand new edition of Yawns. Welcome back to Yawns. I'm Omar Moore. 
a few final bits and pieces here as we get ready to say goodbye on this special Christmas edition of the Yawns Watford FC podcast. Symmetry is one thing to pass along at this point because on January the 2nd, 2023, Watford played Norwich at Carrow Road and ended up winning by a score of one goal to nil. The goal was scored in the 87th minute, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, through Vakun Bio. And that was in the very beginning of the season of the year, the calendar year, you know, really, you know, the second game day in. And then on December the 23rd, 2023, the final away game of 2023, Watford ended up winning that by a score of two goals to one. That was at Blackburn Rovers Ewood Park. So this is very interesting, this symmetry. And Watford book in their 2023 away schedule and away fixture list with these two wins. And Watford have won three other games away from home in the entire calendar year. So I will call all of those games out. Norwich City, Swansea, Hull City, Preston, and Blackburn. So they've won five away games this calendar year. That's what they've won. The remaining games in 2023 for the Watford men's first team are going to be games at Vicarage Road. So this game on Boxing Day, it will be a home game against Bristol City. Then on Friday, the last game of the calendar year for Watford of 2023, they will be at home against Stoke City. That is the customary Friday game. Now, you remember last time, a year ago on a Friday in 2022, Watford succumbed to Stoke Excuse me, succumbed to Swansea City in the worst performance of the season. They were dead. They got thrashed 4-0 in that game. So, you know, that's that that's just a ref- refresher, rather, uh, if nothing else, about that. But the bottom line is, is that Watford, I think, has some real um it's really it's good, it's it's hopeful, it's pro- it's progressive. It, they've got some they've got some uh, Good things going for them. They just need to tighten up some of the things that they're doing that aren't working, whether it's the situation with the end product that's become an issue, um, whatever, or, or, or the defending. And they've got to just tighten that up. And once they do that, I think that they are going to be in a very good place. But I mentioned the players I mentioned because they all I think that all of those players deserve a mention for their hard work and efforts. As I said, Ken Semmer, Yasser Espria, Ben Hamer, you know, um, Kone, Kayembe, um, Martins. I mean, these are some of the players that have really, and Ken Semmer, if, if in case I didn't mention him, I think I may have done. But, you know, these are the players that deserve a lot more plaudits and credits. And also, uh, the manager, Val Ishmael, not my first choice, was not initially that impressed with him, but I did stick to and did say at the time that I was going to be supporting him and getting behind him. And I did and I have. And so look now at how things are going. So far, so good. And um, you really can't complain about this. And uh, I would really be hard-pressed to find someone to complain about a Watford side that didn't play well but still managed to win by, um, you know, you know, win well in the, in a game that they had no business winning. Um, so that's really the way I look at that. The Watford women, by the way, I should say, uh, threw away a three 0 lead. Would you believe against the London City Lionesses um, a few days ago at the Vale? Watford have a golden opportunity had they won the game 
they would have uh, got off the bottom of the table, but they didn't. They didn't win the game. Even being up 3-0 in the first seven minutes was not good enough for Watford. They couldn't get that fourth goal, and then the London City Lionesses pounced and scored three times, including late on to deny Watford what would have been a very important win. And so... Um, that is the way the cookie crumbles for the Watford women at the moment. I'm certainly hoping that fortunes change for Watford. They will have another game coming up, of course, um, next month back in the league as uh, as uh, the Watford women are certainly um, trying to find themselves again after a very difficult stretch of fixtures. Now, finally, I want to say... Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. Thank you very much indeed for listening to this brand new edition of the Yuan's Watford FC podcast. From me, Omar Moore, it's been a pleasure to have you here and listening, of course, here live from New York, or as you say, recording this from New York City on location. I do wish you a very Merry Christmas. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, I do wish you a a really good day, whichever day of the week it is. Take care of yourselves and be well and be safe. Until next time, it's Omar saying, you